Hi, welcome to our online broadcast, which has been put on audio for you. This is for Sunday the 13th of September 2020, where our theme for this weekend has been, I'm so often judgmental, get me out of here. I want you to picture the scene as the broadcast starts of me and David walking up to church, not saying a word. We're independent of one another. But this is maybe some of the thinking that's going through our minds. Have a listen. Thinking one thing, a man was waiting at an another. airport for a long-distance flight. His flight was delayed, and so he had a little spare time. He saw a deal on some cookies and thought he should treat himself. He bought quite a few cookies because he thought it might be quite a long delay. He took a seat near a man and started to read the magazine he also picked up earlier. He exchanged a glance with the other man and then tried to avoid eye contact as he went back to reading. While he was engrossed in his magazine, he happened to see that the man sitting beside him boldly grabbed a cookie from the container. He initially ignored the incident to avoid a scene. He grabbed a cookie himself and went back to his magazine. But the man seemed to have enjoyed the cookie so much, he took another one and started eating it too. This continued for a while and with each passing moment, he began to get more and more irritated. Every time he took a cookie, so did the other man. When the last cookie was left, the man nervously took that cookie and broke it in half. He offered the other to the man and smiled. The man took the cookie and could not believe the other man's nerve. He was thinking in his head, how ungrateful could that man be? The other man then left and took the container with him. This guy couldn't believe what had just happened. He was relieved when his flight was called he gathered his belongings. As he lifted his bag, he saw that there was a full container of cookies right his, there. His own cookies. He was totally cookies. shocked, totally surprised. It caught him off guard. He thought to himself, if my cookies are here, then wait, those cookies were his. The other man had shared his cookies whilst he was thinking he was the one doing the sharing. Whilst he was angry and irritated, the other man was being generous and kind. He felt so bad for what had happened, 
but he couldn't find the other man anywhere and didn't know how to apologize. Things are not always as they appear. Sometimes we make quick assumptions about people, circumstances, and situations. We judge them, label them, and put them into a box, not recognizing that there is a much bigger picture. Sometimes we meet someone in a particular state, stage, or phase of their life and stereotype them to be a certain way. Don't be so quick to judge. You never know when you might find yourself walking in someone else's shoes. And remember, the best apology is changed behavior. That was written by Jay Shetty. Directed and edited by Paul Brazil. Wow, poignant message there, isn't there, for all of us. And now on to our theme. So, let me ask you a question. How are you doing in your spiritual life? I have to say, I'm doing pretty well, thank you very much. Certainly, by comparison to some other people I could mention. Obviously, far be it from me to mention any names. But the attitude of somebody I know completely stinks. As for another guy, you would have heard the language that they use. I also heard that one of the members of the church is not reading their Bible every day. Somebody else, I could tell they weren't really social distancing at all. And as for another person, apparently they're watching our broadcast, but can you believe it? They're texting all the way through. How terrible! And it's worse, but I'm not going to actually list any more than that now. And then I suddenly read what Jesus said. Do not judge. Puts things into perspective a little bit. But what exactly did Jesus mean? Because surely we all judge, don't we? Does that mean that we're all sinning all of the time? That's what we're going to be finding out today. And you know, this is something also that Laura wants the kids to get on board with. So this is them thinking about that very subject of, I'm so judgmental, get me out of here. Here's Laura. Happy birthday to me. It's my birthday and I'm really glad you've come to celebrate it with me today. Now, I think I'm being spoiled and I've got some presents coming. Oh my goodness, that looks amazing. What a lovely big present that is. Looks so exciting. Thank you. Oh, and another present. This doesn't look quite as exciting. It looks a bit boring, but thank you anyway for it. Um, right, I'm gonna see what I've got in my present. I can't wait to open this one. This one looks like it's gonna be amazing. Really can't wait to see what's inside. It's gonna be something really good, I know it is. <laughs> something else in here. There's got to be something good in here, I'm sure. A cheesy sock? That's all that's in there? Oh, that was a disappointment. I was really excited by that present. Now I'll see what's in this present. Doesn't look as quite as, as exciting at all, does it? Looks a bit boring. So, not expecting much. I'll have a look inside. Oh my goodness. It's a beautiful jewel. Wow, that's amazing. And there's other things in here as well. Oh, there's my favourite lollies. And there's something else. It's a voucher to the best water park in the world. And I can take all my family and friends. Wow, this present was the best present. It didn't look very good at all, but that was definitely um, full of all my favourite things. That reminds me of once in the Bible, when God said, do not judge. I definitely judged those presents on how they looked, didn't I? I thought that one would have something amazing in it because it looked amazing. And I thought this one would have something boring in it because it looked boring. But it didn't turn out like that at all. 
And that's why God says, don't judge. He says, don't judge people based on what they say or what they do or what they look like, because he knows that there's something beautiful inside every one of us. And he really wants you to remember as you meet new people in your school, in your new classes, that you remember those words, do not judge. And God will be very happy with you. And I hope you've had a good week and we'll hopefully see you soon. Bye. The seven dwarfs have been told that from Monday they can meet in groups of six. One of them isn't happy. Now, the next clip, it's difficult for you to fully appreciate because it's all about the COVID season. And it's this guy who's actually putting hand gel and bacterial spray all over his hands, all over his head, all over the remote control. And then he eventually reaches out for his cigarette box and he sprays the bacterial spray all over that. And then also the cigarette as well. He then sprays the box of matches. What happens when he then sets light? All of a sudden, it explodes in his face. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much bacterial spray. I wonder how many of you saw that and thought that is well over the top with regards to bacterial spray. Oh, I guess in one sense, you'd be right, wouldn't you? But I dare say we've all been pretty judgmental at one time or another through lockdown, haven't we? Maybe we've seen some people do something that we wish that they hadn't. Or maybe there's other people and they've not done certain things that we think that they should have done. Well, this whole theme of judging or not is what we're going to be exploring together today. David is going to be kickstarting our theme right now. Thanks, Roger. As we think about this subject of being judgmental, there's a few things we need to remember. First of all, it's natural for us to have different opinions. Every day, we make judgments about what to do and how to do it. That's not being judgmental, it's making judgments. TV and internet advertising constantly bombard us with messages telling us that if we want the best and the most popular, we have to buy their products. To select which we're going to buy or if we're going to buy at all demands us to make a judgment. My favourite shop in town is probably the cheese shop in the arcade. I love nothing more than to go in there and select some cheeses to go together nicely or to go with the food I'm going to eat. But to do that involves me making judgments. So am I being judgmental or am I just making the best decisions that I can? Several times a year, I go to London to help choose awards for exhibitions at the Mall Galleries. Now, I'm asked to go with the expectation that I will make decisions, make judgments about which pictures should be selected for prizes. The thing is, another person might go and they'll look at the same exhibition and they'll have the same brief that I'm given, but they'll choose different pictures. Or for that matter, they might choose different cheese for their dinner party. Does that make me and my selection right or wrong? The reality is that often the choices, the judgments that we make come down to opinions rather than what's right or what's wrong. This isn't, of course, just confined to decisions concerning taste or aesthetics, but it also comes down to decisions concerning what's right and what's wrong. Given the same moral dilemma and asked to choose the right decision, many of us would make different judgments about what is the best possible way forward. Maybe that's something that you've wrestled with during this COVID time. Every day, we're expected to make decisions about what we choose. Sometimes that judgment will be an easy one. We know what our values and our beliefs are concerning a particular situation. Maybe the Bible gives us very clear guidance or we know what the law says about a particular matter. But very often we're faced with situations that are not black and white, 
but rather a shades of grey, and it's left to us to judge what is for the best. Of course, the reality is that we all have differing opinions, not just about the right cheese to buy, but about what the right thing to do or to say is. Sometimes we need to recognise that we all have differing opinions. And sometimes we need to recognise that our own opinions change as well. Maybe you've had that experience of looking through an old family photo album and you've laughed at the different clothes you wore, or the different decor, or the different hairstyles, or perhaps even the fact that you had hair at all all those years ago. Again, the reality is that our own tastes change and we make different judgments now than we maybe did 20 or 30 years ago. But you know, the same also applies to the big right or wrong decisions that we may well make. Our own life experiences, the experiences of those close to us, may well change our opinions over what we should and shouldn't do. Maybe you can look back on a decision that you've taken and then regretted because you feel that now you would actually have made a very different choice. Often we have to make snap decisions with very little time and often not all the facts available. And sometimes we don't know until years later whether or not we've made the right decision. Whichever is the case, I don't believe we should be unreasonably judgmental towards other people when they make different decisions to the ones we might make. And often we shouldn't be unduly judgmental on our own decisions of the past. Thanks, David. That's great. There's already so much to ponder there, isn't there? We're going to make pause whilst we sing together. And when we think about that whole subject of singing and of worship, well, how many times have we been judgmental here? Oh, the music's too loud. Those songs are so repetitive. Oh, I don't like those graphics. The words are too small. What an awful tune. It's so repetitive. It's so repetitive. No, I've said that. Worship is for God, not for us. Let's remember that as we sing together now. Ali, Charlene, Maria and Helen are singing the songs here, this great song, Mighty to Save. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing, let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a saviour.
But for now, it's certainly fair to say that the legal system in Jesus' day was both corrupt and self-serving. But does that mean that courts and those who work in them should be condemned for being judgmental? A judge is called that just because he's expected to make judgments. Does that make him judgmental? Maybe, but if the judicial system is functioning correctly, a judge should have one single aim, to find out the truth, and having done so, to apply the law fairly and without prejudice. It's not exactly rocket science, is it? But it's the same principle that Micah exhorts us to achieve. It isn't just enough to love justice. That alone will make us uncompromising and harsh-hearted, even judgmental maybe. Micah tells us that alongside justice, we should also be full of mercy and humility. I guess the question for us is, where are our own hearts in trying to get that right? And what we can do is bring our hearts to God and leave our requests with him. And that's what we're going to do now. We're going to come before God in prayer and Dave is going to lead us in that prayer. Thank you, Roger. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come to you today. We find that our nation is trying to move forward in stages out of lockdown. But there are hurdles appearing all the time. We thank you that we have seen so many prayers answered as we have experienced the whole COVID experience. That awful situation at the beginning with so many deaths and with infections rising to horrific levels, which has been brought down and contained through the fearless devotion to duty of all those involved in our NHS and care services. We thank you, Lord, for your unseen hand of protection that has been prayed over them at every stage. We would also come to you as we enter this next stage of returning to work and school and the concerns that are related to them. For our teachers and school staff who, with new routines of work and the children's fears of all this going on, for the transport aspect and workplace regulations and job security. O oh Lord, we bring these things to you and ask you to stand by us and support us as we go forward. We continue to bring before you those who have lost loved ones and whose lives will never be the same. Lord, comfort them with the comfort only you can give. We bring those of our church families who are in need of a real and special touch from you. We think of David and Hillary, who are going through another challenging time of anxiety and stress concerning David's health. For Derek, as he seeks to adjust to the life without Helen. For Sharon in the loss of her father. And to others who are suffering ill health or misfortune. And maybe for anyone watching this broadcast right now, Lord, who has a very specific need, we pause to ask that you might touch that person in a way they need right now. We pray, Lord, that they may know you in their situation and find comfort in your presence. Please bring alongside them someone who can be a shoulder to lean on and to share in their difficulties. And as we think of our own church, we ask that you'd help us as we seek to do right things and to know a right way ahead, especially concerning the reopening of our building amidst the changing government guidelines. We thank you, Lord, for all that you will do in answer to our prayers in the coming days. Amen. Thank you. Back to you, Roger. Thanks, Dave. So, David, uh, how concerned then should we be about how others are behaving, especially those from the church, or is it none of our business whatsoever? 
Well, that's what we're going to be thinking about next, Roger. There's no better time to put into practice Micah's exhortation than on our dealings with other Christians. There will always be times when we observe other people's behaviour in church and we make a judgement about it. Maybe somebody's done something to hurt us or told us about an aspect of their lifestyle that concerns us. In all sorts of situations, we make judgments about other Christians. Does this make us judgmental? No. In fact, Jesus tells us later on in Matthew that not only are such times and situations to be expected, but there should be a protocol for dealing with them. And I think that Jesus might even have read Micah, because he says... The way to deal with someone who has hurt us or is at fault is first of all to show them mercy and humility. It may well be tempting for us to try and achieve vindication by telling lots of people to prove that we're in the right and they're in the wrong. Jesus says that should be our last resort. Listen to what he says. If your brother or sister sins... Go and point out their fault, just between the two of you. If they listen, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Only then does he say, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. So with mercy and humility, we can find a way forward that is both truth-seeking and perceptive, but not judgmental. But this only happens when we have the other person's best interests at heart. When we act with love and compassion, and not from the desire to prove that we are right and that everyone else is wrong. Paul sums up the correct attitude we should have in Galatians 6. Verse 1, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Sometimes there's a fine line between judging and being judgmental. The difference lies in our motives. Are we acting out of, on the one hand, a sense of moral superiority and pride? Or are we acting out of love and compassion for a fellow Christian? There appears to be two kinds of judging that Jesus is condemning. And Roger's going to tell us what they are after we've sung again. Oh, 
And Trevor Whiting. Trevor there backing on Clara. <laughs> a priest, a pastor, and a rabbi walk into a bar. Oh, thank you, David. That's really, really helpful where we've got to so far. Now, just before uh, we then sang, David had alluded to there being two kind of means uh, that, uh, that Jesus was, was condemning by way of judging. We're going to think about those now. The first of those things, well, firstly, it's wrong for us to play God, isn't it? And in one sense, that's what we're doing, isn't it? If we're trying to judge where someone is at spiritually, there's one judge, and that's God alone. Never look down on anyone. Only God sits that high. Genesis chapter 18 and Ezekiel chapter 24 and tell us that. As Jesus looked at the religious situation of his own day, he saw that judging others had become somewhat come, some kind of like religious problem. The Pharisees and the scribes, they sat in the place of the critic. They were quick to pass judgment on those who didn't live up to their expectations. How do we really know where someone is in their relationship with God? We need to be very careful with how we act with our words, don't we? I wonder if we've ever said that of, of somebody else that on account of, of how that person uh, behaves, well, there's no way that he could possibly uh, be a Christian. Has our or has my behaviour and character always reflected to others that we have a relationship with God? Probably not. And is someone's behaviour what determines their salvation anyway? Aren't we saved by grace? Which is a lot more to do with God than it is to do with ourselves. That word translated judge often means to condemn. It means to come to a, a negative conclusion about another person and then to condemn them. And it's that that Jesus appears to be forbidding before judging anyone. Maybe we can ask ourselves three questions. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? That's kind of helpful. Why? Well, because most of us can often judge by our own emotions or by what we see, and pretty instantly as well. And that is far from helpful. Here's a true story from Ali Whiting. This week, their topic was something like, I'm so judgmental, get me out of here. It reminded me of something that happened to us when we were on holiday one time. Um, so I thought that I would um, video it so that they could use it in the service if they thought it was useful. Um, so we were on holiday in France and we wanted to wash some clothes. And we didn't have a washing machine in the place. So we went to this laundrette which was like stuck on the side of a supermarket. And when we got there, the machine that we needed had someone's stuff in it. And it was finished, but there was no sign of anyone coming to pick it up. So I think we waited a few minutes. And there was still no one there, so we decided that we would carefully move it. So we carefully moved the stuff to a different machine, to the dryer probably. And we put our stuff in and set it going. And we did our shopping, came out, um, and our stuff still wasn't finished. And no one had come to pick up the other stuff either. Um, so we sat in the car to wait for our machine. And then somebody came and did collect their stuff. And it was this young woman who's a bit sort of bohemian looking dreadlocks and like um, <laughs> um a bit flower power dressy um and she took her stuff and she went back to the car and then she was writing a note in the car and then came back to the machine that we were using and was trying to put this note on the machine and the machine by this stage was like spinning like but she was really determined to get this note to stick to the machine and um and then she sort of got back in her car, it's like a battered old Rhino or something, it's fans, obviously. Um, and she sort of went like this and drove off in her car. And I was thinking while she was doing all this, like, 
who does she think she is? Why is she putting a note on there? Like, why would she go to all this effort to um, say something rude? She should have been here on time. It's not our fault we had to move the stuff. Da, 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 da. And then when we went over to our machine when it was finished, actually the note didn't say that at all. It was said, oh, I'm really sorry um, that I was late. Um, thank you for moving my stuff or something like that. And I was really, like, sort of taken aback, in a sense. Firstly, because it made me realise how judgmental I was myself and how I made negative assumptions, really, about what people were doing and thinking. But also because it felt quite heartwarming that someone would take go to that trouble to say something kind to me. Um, and it's one of those moments, actually, that I keep remembering. In a strange sort of way. And you, told me that, and you told me not to throw away the note. And I didn't. I still got it. It was in my wallet. After, is it ten years? It must be ten years ago. Ten years? Well, maybe not as so much. Is it? Can't maybe. be far off. Oh, we still have the note. Here you go. <laughs> in French. Read it in French. You're a beautiful friend. Merci pour le ligne. Excusez-moi de mon retard. There you go. Thanks for the washing. I'm sorry that I was late. If you judge people, you have no time to love them. That was the words of Mother Teresa. Now, the other kind of judging that Jesus appears to condemn is that it's wrong for us to condemn others when we ourselves fail. Kind of like spiritual bifocals, if you like. Where with the bottom bit, we maybe see ourselves and with the top part, oh, we see others. That was what Jesus contended in the Pharisees. Not only were they self-righteous, they were hypocritical. And for the church, that's the worst form of judging. As we can easily be critical of how others are, as if we are ourselves so perfect. Listen to a verse taken from the message. Eugene Peterson translated it in these words. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures, criticise their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Now, what I like is the way that Jesus uses humour to portray a divine truth. We pick the speck out of somebody else's eye, he says, when in actual fact we've got a massive great big log sticking out of our own. How absurd is that? But very often, that's exactly what we can do, isn't it? It's a good example for a carpenter. Others may well say, well, remember, when you point the finger, you've got then another three that are pointing back at you. We tend to prefer applying ethics to other people rather than ourselves. When I spend my time pointing the finger at your sin, then my attention is, of course, distracted from my own wrong. And that's the real danger of judging, isn't it? Because we're all sinners. But ultimately, the only sins, the only wrongdoing over which I have control are my own. And those are the ones that should be commanding my greatest attention. People will question all the good things they hear about you, but believe all the bad. Without a second In short, thought. I guess, just picking up on what we were talking about before, don't judge someone else just because they see in a different way to the likes of you and me. Don't judge someone just because they sin differently than you. That's a good quote to remember. But hey, now it's on to our celebrations. Okay. Each week as a church, we like to celebrate the different good things that are going on in people's lives. Lovely waft of chocolate there. Sometimes it's birthdays, but there are other things as well. We had something very unique at the church this week where Liz Meach, our church administrator, received an award from the High Sheriff of Dorset for her outstanding contribution to the local community. Liz duly received this. On behalf, she said, of the entire food share team. 
So for Mark and Jane who head that up and all the many volunteers that are out delivering, and I think there's about 20 uh, from the church here now, a huge thank you. But this is some words uh, of encouragement to the church really, but particularly that were noted in the direction, and well deserved it was, of Liz. Take a look at this short clip. The High Sheriff's Community Award is to you, Liz, and the Dorchester Community Church, Food Share Scheme. But primarily you. The scheme was established, as I understand it, well before COVID-19 was ever thought of. However, since March, you've upped your game by sourcing, shopping, collecting, packing, and delivering at times 100 boxes a week. And not just the basics, but milk, bread, fresh produce, and fruit, vegetables, and Easter, I gather, was even chocolates, uh, alongside other fresh eggs. Uh, you've even been able to accommodate special diets. Now that's really good to go that, that extra distance. And this has all been done for many people in and within the surrounding villages of Dorchester who are struggling to feed and support their families as lockdown came upon them. There are many reasons for the large number of struggling families. The loss of work and the self-employment, unable to access the grants, domestic abuse, Controlling behaviour or furloughed and not topped up sufficiently to pay for family requirements. Food share is more than a food bank. Families with no transport have received deliveries, have met and engaged with food share, building a rapport, and so creating an understanding that their needs and requirements are built on trust and friendship along these very stressful times. At the same time, they've been able to help other food banks with delivery and form a network through collaboration, and that's sort of brilliant this year. COVID has brought this collaboration, and um, every credit for you leading that. Liz, you've adopted a can-do approach with recipients supported throughout, um, without question or judgment. If a family was in need, you would find a way to support them, uh, with or without the required rent payment. Food charities have excelled in their support uh, for vulnerable people over the last few months. Um, and you expect to continue to do so in the future, the sustainability into this. So Liz, it gives me huge pleasure and privilege to present you with High Sheriff's Award. Thank you very much. Fantastic. So thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, Liz, for everything that you, Kevin, and John do. We're also here celebrating Sue and Jill Pratt, who were seen proudly portraying their new face masks. Here's a couple of pictures that you can see of Sue and Jill. Now, I've got uh, something here as proud dad uh, to celebrate because after four years, I believe it is now, of their going out together, and my daughter, Gemma, and Jake have got engaged. So they're all the way out in Sydney, Australia. So obviously I'm hugely thrilled. Jake's a great guy, good catch me little girl, and I trust that he's gonna be looking after her very, very well, I'm sure he is. So congratulations and loads of love uh, to you from all of us here back in the UK, and indeed from Dorchester Community Church. Maybe we can squash one of these chocolates and put them in an envelope uh, for you. But also there's some birthdays. So on Sunday, uh, Sunday the 13th, so Sunday the 13th it is, happy birthday to you, Johnny. Johnny White, it's your birthday. Johnny's um, uh, a keen helper out with our food share. So Johnny, happy birthday to you. And if we thought Australia was difficult to get a chocolate to, well, equally difficult is Bruce, who's out in Abu Dhabi, and yet not to be done away with, Bruce is still editing this very broadcast. So I trust, Bruce, that you're going to be putting up a wonderfully handsome picture of yourself at this moment in time. Have a chocolate. I'll tell you what, what Bruce, I know you'd like me to have it, so I'll probably have that one later. Chocolate for Bruce on Tuesday. Happy birthday. And I hope that you, V, and Jazz are settling in really, really well. On Thursday, well, I ought to actually have two chocolates here, uh, because on Thursday the 17th, uh, my mum and dad celebrate their diamond wedding anniversary. So, happy anniversary, mum and dad, for those 60 years together. Here's a, a, a nice uh, photo of mum and dad up on their patio together. 
And this person now looks a little bit different from when I last saw them, but Joshua Wilson has a birthday coming up on Saturday the 19th. So Josh, happy birthday to you too. We'll see if we can get this one uh, to you somehow. Be great to see you again and hope that things are going well in your life. God bless you. And I think that is all we've got time for on the celebration front. Before we conclude, we need to touch on that final verse in the passage. I don't know if you picked it up when Andrew read it, but verse 6 seems to be quite a strange add-on at first glance. It's maybe all about our being wise with what we seek to impose on others. That verse, we see a shift in the passage, but it must somehow be linked with the context that's gone before. So what is this not giving dogs what is sacred and not casting pearls before pigs. Well, we could guess at maybe dogs and pigs being some form of people groups, but maybe it's that we need to recognise that not all are going to receive any correction that we or that you might offer. And there comes a time when the reality is we're just wasting our own time and theirs. Maybe you felt on occasions that sense that you just banging your head against a brick wall. Now, of course, this mustn't be used as some form of, of get-out clause from sharing our faith or, or from challenging someone. So we don't know, obviously, beforehand, how receptive the individual's going to be. But rather, it does encourage us to not waste our time over and over and over, spending hours imposing what we think on those who ultimately have no interest or current inclination in God, or in what the Bible teaches, or in what indeed that might mean for their lives. You can take a pig, and you can put him in a bathtub. You can wash him. You can floss his teeth. You can put moose in his tail. You can do whatever you want. But you then get to put that pig back outside. You know where he's going to go, don't you? You're almost saying it with me. I can feel it. Right back in the mud. Maybe it's that Jesus was saying that there are people like that. His words might appear harsh, but his point is that we shouldn't be wasting spiritual treasures on those who have completely no spiritual interest whatsoever. <laughs> and Bruce has just put a picture of a pig up. We've spoken a lot today, haven't we, about not judging others and we've explored about the difference between making a judgment and being judgmental and probably there's been quite a bit of time that we've uh, been encouraged to look in the mirror I guess we can't really conclude today though without recognizing that we need to be ready to meet the one who will one day judge ourselves it's important that we realise that and we recognise that. The Bible makes it very clear that each of us must one day give an account to God. We live for an audience of one. And he will indeed judge us. Now that could be quite a scary thought. Are you ready for that? You know, we can be. Each of us, we could be ready. But not through our own efforts, not through a struggling about what we need to do or we need to achieve or a bettering of our own behaviour because we could never be good enough. But rather, it's throwing ourselves upon this loving God that yes, because he's a just God, he will judge our wrongdoing. But he has provided a way where you and I are able to be made right with him. That's where this Jesus who spoke about our not judging comes into play. Because he was willing to give up his own life. So that instead of ourselves being judged and found guilty for that which we have done wrong, including our judging and everything else, here is one who has paid the price and been punished for our wrongdoing. The perfect for the imperfect. Our responsibility, but alongside that, our opportunity is that we entrust ourselves to this Jesus. We give him the law. We thank him for what he's done. We ask for his forgiveness for what we have indeed done.
and then with warm and grateful hearts, we thank God for indeed giving us the opportunity to be free from all of that stuff that can so often weigh us down. Trust that you know that when that day comes, when you meet your maker, you're going to be ready. Not because you've lived a good life, because it will never be good enough, but because you know that you have a living relationship with this Jesus who so loves you. God bless you. We're going to pray together now. And this prayer may well be quite helpful. Trust that as we do so, you'll just listen to these words that are prayed or written by a man by the name of Ray Pritchard. Let's reflect on his words to God as we pray together now. Heavenly Father, our problem is not with your word. We often know what it says. And our problem is not with other people. Not even the ones who have hurt us deeply. Our problem is on the inside. For too long we have tried to solve our own problems. And it has not worked. I confess that too many times I have been critical of those around me. Forgive me my thoughtless, unkind, hurtful words. Lord, show me a better way. Without you, I can never fully change. Jesus, thank you for showing us how to live. Thank you for showing us how to die. Thank you for showing us how to forgive the people who have hurt us the most. Forgive me for my wrongdoing. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power so that I might become a truly different person. Set me free from bitterness, from anger, and from a judgmental spirit. Grant me power to love everyone. Make me like Jesus, full of grace and truth. And do it now, in this moment, as we pray this prayer. Amen. If that's the first time that you've ever expressed a prayer like that, or said or felt words that you've wanted to express that have been similar to those words that you've just uttered, then do let us know. We'd love to help you or support you if you're in that sense of feeling, well, what next? What happens now? You're in full control of that, of course. But if there's any questions or queries that you've got, if you want to know more about the Christian faith or any other hurdles that there are that you feel may well prevent you in having this relationship with God, do get in touch. We would love to hear from you. If there's anything else from the church that you want to know, please do. Uh, check out our homepage on our website and you'll see there are means of making contact. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, wish you all the very best and thank you so much for watching today's broadcast. God bless you. This is a song Tom is singing called Yes and Amen. Maybe a little bit of help from those backing vocals as well.
ashes You have broken every curse Blessed Redeemer You have set this See if you can listen out for Rupert and Francis popping up behind their dad, Tom. to see Tom, Rupert and um, Francis there taking part in leading our worship. Hope that you enjoyed the broadcast today and that we'll soon be able to meet soon, maybe even in person to celebrate and share the love of God. I want to say a huge thank you uh, to David Herring for taking part in the uh, teaching, to Bruce who is there editing um, the r- video uh, over in Abu Dhabi, can you believe it? And for David Chaplin, who is behind the camera, that was great. And again, the music team, our worship group, don't they do a fantastic job? If you've got any questions that you want to uh, pass on to us, then you can call the church on 01305 267171. Otherwise, check out our website and please do get in touch. Pass this CD on, this audio on, if you think that friends or family members would like it. Uh, That would be great. We always love that. Uh, That's what we're about, to celebrate and share the love of God. And this could be one of the simple ways that you could do just that. Otherwise, God bless you all. In Jesus' name. Bye-bye.